In nature, a wildfire is one of the most devastating natural forces. It burns hot and fast and leaves little behind but ash and char. Or so it seems. Very soon after the fire passes through the forest, life returns. Shrubs and weeds that clog the forest floor have burned away, leaving space for new trees, grasses, and flowers to emerge and flourish. Habitats are created, bringing new insects, birds, reptiles, and mammals. A cancer diagnosis can feel like a wildfire, our bodies becoming this new, fire-clarified landscape. For some, cancer changes utterly everything. For others, cancer brings greater clarity and purpose. And some of us are still searching for what life after a cancer diagnosis will look like. Welcome to The Burn. We are exploring stories of life and transformation following a breast cancer diagnosis. I'm April Stearns, the founder and editor of Wildfire Magazine and the host of this podcast. Today, we're going to do something brand new and have two guests on together to read a piece that they co-wrote. If you're listening to this episode on or around the day it's released, I don't need to tell you that it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. This is my 10th BCAM, actually, since my diagnosis. And over the years, especially the years that I have been publishing Wildfire Magazine, I've grown to realize how important it is that we highlight metastatic breast cancer stories and voices in this month. Those living with MBC tend to get overshadowed by stories uncomplicated by recurrence or a de novo stage four diagnosis. But I feel strongly in amplifying these stories because they have something to teach us all about living in the face of illness. Today, we're highlighting a story that was written in reflection of a loved one who passed from MBC. My guests today are LaTanya Davis and her nephew, Jaden Holmes. Their piece is called Together We Are Thriving, Celebrating, and Reflecting. LaTanya was diagnosed herself with stage one triple negative breast cancer at age 47. As a former collegiate sprinter, LaTanya approached cancer as an opponent who was strong and intimidating, but beatable. A former marketer for Fortune 500 companies, she managed luxury wine and spirit portfolios, the willpower to win races, a love of storytelling, and an unerring creative eye prepared the root beer drinking foodie fashionista for her favorite brand management role to date. The first entrepreneurship meets cancer survivorship lifestyle company called The Breast Talk Ever. A proud NPR How I Built This fellow, LaTanya is using her marketing experience and activism to address health disparities in underserved communities and to champion dope entrepreneurs who found companies that were inspired by cancer. Grateful to be alive, LaTanya is now raising Jaden, her sister's only child, her nuff son, as she calls him. And together, they are both joining me today from Miami Beach, Florida, where they are also simultaneously enduring a hurricane. Welcome to the Burn, Latanya and Jaden. Hi, thank you from <laughs> the sunny tropics that is pretty gloomy and wet and flooding right now. It's so great to be here. Thank you for having me as well. <laughs> yes, I am so excited that we're doing this with both of you. Thank you so much for making space and time in your schedules. So what we're going to do, dear listeners, is have LaTanya and Jaden read a piece they co-wrote called Together We're Thriving, Celebrating, and Reflecting. After they read, we will chat and stay tuned to the very end for a writing prompt inspired by today's episode. All right, you guys, I'll let you take it away. Hello, everyone. This is LaTanya, and my piece is called 
my fiversary. My five-year cancerversary crept up so fast. Crazy faith sustained me, but I often wondered if my remission would last. Would I be like the two beloved pillars of strength metastatic breast cancer stole from me? My beautiful mother and sister who never lived to see their fiversary. Keeping it 100, survivor guilt is real, and I'm real grateful to be alive. I'm innovating, advocating, multi-hyphenating, raising my nephew son Jaden, and still here breathing in survivorship year five. The immunity of this supportive global cancer community is not weak, but resilient, fierce, and strong. There are millions of us thriving and caregiving. We will never be alone. It's my fiversary. I salute my oncology team and honor the Almighty with relentless praise. I'm pairing the overflow of love from my heart to you with this glass of champagne I raise. Howdy there. I'm Jaden, and this is my piece of son's observation. With the first diagnosis, you made it through, but in just a year's time, cancer demanded a rehash with you. Despite the hair loss, fatigue, and trouble breathing, resilience and courage kept your heart beating. As time went on, I grew more and more worried. Soon the line between reality and dreams became more and more blurry. Though you moved on and left this plane, your existence still thrives as a vivacious flame. You guys, those were so beautiful. Okay, let's do this. We'll take a quick break here for a little testimonial. And when we come back, we'll chat a little bit about your stories. Hi, my name is Nell Patricia. I live in London and in 2021, I was diagnosed with stage two breast cancer at the age of 37. I recently attended a free wildfire pop-up writing workshop for the young breast cancer community. The workshop was incredible, just the salve I needed. I've been finding it tough to do life now that I'm out of the danger zone. And this workshop has really brought a lot of comfort being in the company of fellow cancer warriors. Thank you so much for the love, Nell. All right, welcome back to LaTanya and Jaden. Again, thank you guys so much, not only for writing for the issue, the wildfire issue that you initially wrote these for, but for reading them here today. I know I know it's asking a lot to have people come on here and read such raw, vulnerable stories. So I just really appreciate you both doing it. You're so welcome. It's such a it was such a pleasure and it's Oh, as you said, sometimes it's really hard, but, you know, for this particular piece, um, and I think I shared with you, April, that I have really um, saved, you know, being a lot more vulnerable than I have been in some of my other interviews for your publication, because I think so much of it, because, you know, the reasons you you basically created it and the fact that it is just done so well. So it, it's definitely been an honor. It was an honor to to force myself to sit and to grieve, to be totally honest, as I wrote the piece. And Jay? Uh, mm. Yeah, for me, I, I was just thankful to, you know, be able to put a little piece about mom and really just kind of honor her um, 
through my poems. So I was just glad to be able to do that. So thank you for allowing me to do that. Yeah. Jay, let me ask you a question. I'm curious if poetry is a familiar medium for you, if this was kind of a step outside of how you um, typically talk about and remember your mom. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, well, I would say I would say literature in general has just always been a big thing for me. I mean, my mom would have me, you know, read during the summer because she was a teacher. And reading has always been, you know, one of the things I've loved and just love to do in my spare time. And um, I also am a musician as well and a songwriter. So for me, when I approach this, um, you know, I kind of approach it from my songwriter perspective and just thought of the best way I could really, you know, just sum up the whole journey of, you know, my mom's first battle with cancer, second battle with cancer, and just how that impacted my, uh, my life and viewpoints on everything. So, yeah. mm-hmm. oh, I love to hear that you're using songwriting. Um, yeah, just really powerful poetry. So Latanya, let me um, bring it over to you. Your piece is is both, you know, a piece about grieving, like you said, and remembering your sister. And it's also about facing this really huge thing yourself, this five-year cancerversary. I don't know about you, but this year is my 10-year, and I feel that the whole year has been filled with more grief than I really expected. And I think that's taken some people by surprise. I know it's been a little while since you wrote this piece, but how do you, how do you hold both, you know, this, this five-year thing and this grief thing and, and remembering people who've passed? (sighs) Wow. You have me tearing up. (laughs) You know, it's, it's one of the things that's, a big hurdle for me, you know, of course, you know, I'm a former sprinter. I didn't jump hurdles, but it's really hard because, um, you know, when I decided to create my company, you know, I knew that I had to create something that I could work within and deal with emotionally because it's a lot, you know, I made some amazing friends, um, who are like family now in this breast cancer community. And I quite honestly have had my moments where I've had to take a break personally from social media, not, not, not so much from a business standpoint, because I still have to have be head down working, but it's hard. And then, you know, I live with that fear. I'm not sure. Um, I, I don't like to use the word fear, but I can't deny the reality that I, I often think about like, yes, I survived five years, but every day it's like, <sighs> am I going to live another six months, you know, going to the doctors and getting scans and then, you know, seeing the social media posts of these amazing, beautiful um, thrivers who have, you know, ascended into heaven or wherever, you know, their religion um, takes them. And it's just really, really hard. It's been, this year has probably been, you know, nothing will ever compare to one, losing my mother to breast cancer or losing my sister to breast cancer and then being diagnosed myself. But this year has probably been the hardest of my survivorship just because of everything that has happened as a result of the pandemic, but especially because of the number of lives that breast cancer has taken um, from us. So yeah, it's 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 hard. It's, it's, a, it's definitely a balancing act because in my previous life, I was, you know, the marketer of luxury spirits and that's of course no small task. That's that's 
it, I mean, it, it's it's uh, it was a fun task, of course, you know, because you're always like toasting and sipping on something. But um, it's just hard. And this, you know, what I tried to do in my piece is to capture, you know, a little bit of, you know, the reality. Like, I never want to paint a picture like, oh, you know, it's all like roses because it's not. And um, I just wanted people to really, you know, whether it's a survivor who is, is on a journey like you and I are, or it's someone who's been newly diagnosed or even a caregiver to to really to, to read the piece and, you know, could relate and it would resonate with them in a way that would hopefully be comforting, but also very real and honest. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, and I've been thinking a lot about legacy stories. Um, as we're recording this, I'm working on the the legacy story issue. That's my metastatic issue this year. But so much of what you are saying right now makes me think about this intersection between how we live in the present moment, how that is a legacy to the people that have you know, come into our lives, brought us into this world, you know, and how, how they have impacted the living we do today and the stories from them that we carry on. And, you know, something I think you guys both touched upon in your pieces is this balancing act between living and maybe some survivor's guilt. I mean, LaTanya, you specifically mentioned survivor's guilt in your piece. And I just wonder if you, each of you could kind of talk about how, where you are as, you know, as living survivors now, how, how that kind of lands for you. And if it's still something that you are dealing with, you know, years out or yeah, or how it's maybe faded now. I'm curious. Oh my God. Yes. So Jaden can attest to, there have been so many occasions and I, I think about it every day. Um, you know, it, 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 it didn't come out in, of course, in Jaden's piece, but, um, for our listeners, your listeners, I should say, Jaden's father died when he was seven of a heart attack, you know, him and my sister woke up and he had died from a heart attack. So, you know, Jay, oh my God, has endured so much at such a young age. And I have often said, and, you know, sometimes I, you know, it's really honestly just been this year that I've been a lot more transparent with Jaden about my emotions because I really wanted to protect him and just to make sure that, you know, he he was the best student and he was living up to what his mom and dad would want for him. But I've also often had conversations with God and just said, you know, God, you know, why didn't you just take me? You know, because I would have done anything for my sister to be here. Um, raising her child. Yeah. So I do, you know, I have the survivor's guilt because my sister's not here and she got cheated. She, you know, died at the young age of 43. And then I also think about like our community, you know, we have, you know, the pre-vivers that, of course, are faced with, you know, these life decisions. So many of them are young. And, you know, my sister and I both, we were tested for the BRCA, you know, the the genetics for BRCA test. And we were both told that we did not um, have a gene. And because we were prepared to, like, to take our breast off. 
And when I just think about like the number of people in the community that um, whether it's a pre-viver or especially, you know, my heart aches for metastatic um, thrivers, I have survivor's guilt because I'm like, you know, it's just not fair, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, and then don't even get me started on, you know, when I think about COVID, it's like, how how do we not have a cure for cancer? I just, you know, it's just heartbreaking, you know, that... Yeah, so fast. We were able to, you know, come up with, you know, all these things. But, you know, that's all. That's another podcast episode. But, yeah, I do have survivor's guilt. And, you know, I I try to be very, um, you know, I consider myself, you know, a survivor. You know, I know there's everyone uses the terminology that makes sense for them. Survivor, thriver, whatever. But I, I definitely consider myself a survivor, you know, from, you know, the way I was raised and everything. And I am always conscious and I try to be very sensitive about even like on my personal social media posts like how I post because I always want like a metastatic thriver to know that I I see you and I I know exactly who you are because I was a caregiver to two amazing Mm -hmm. metastatic women like at a young age in my life so yes (laughs) I have survivor's guilt and I it's it's with me every single day because I'm looking in the mirror literally at my sister because Jaden looks just like his mom and his dad. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I really appreciate, appreciate you sharing that. And Jaden, I want to ask you and, and you can tell me if this is too personal. Um, but in our community, I know there are a lot of moms who are worried about if their cancer comes back or they're living with metastatic cancer now, they're worried about how their kids will be, you know, if they pass away. And I, you're, you're such a, a beautiful shining example, the two of you of how family can endure and carry on. And Jaden, I just wonder if you have any, any words for someone out there worried about their child living on past them. Well, I think the main thing is to try and be as honest as possible, but still within reason, you know, like when my, you know, mom first uh, was diagnosed, I was, I want to say maybe around 11 or so, because it was like close to after my father passed. So I was younger. So, you know, younger kids wouldn't be able to fully understand the whole situation. But I think just letting them, you know, understand certain things about the process, you know, like I would go with my mom to, you know, the hospital and you know they would massage her and scan you know everything and all that so I think seeing that you want to be able to give your child a sense of what the situation somewhat is but then you also want to protect them because you know you can't just throw them into the situation and you know have that weight on them so I think just a a balancing act between being transparent but also remembering that you know you still want your children to have a normal life and carry things on, um, you know, as if everything was fine. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I love that advice. Thank you for that. It really, um, y- you have such powerful words. So thank you for sharing them. I really appreciate that. And I just love, um, I love this new family you guys have created together. I love this phrase that you've coined, Latanya. Nefson is amazing. So I love that very much. Um, 
And beyond this work that you're doing with Jaden and just the day-to-day living of your own survivorship, can you tell us a little bit about the Breast Talk Ever and the work that you're doing for our community there? Yes. Well, thank you for the compliment. Um, you know, like in um, me calling Jaden my nephew's son, and it actually it came at a moment when, you know, I realized, you know, I'll never forget the day that he said to me that he was an orphan and that just broke my heart. And I said, mm. you're, you're not an orphan because, you know, when my sister and my brother-in-law were still living, like I was the aunt, he, he calls me Lala. That's always been our special thing. Instead of Aunt Latanya or Auntie, I've always been Lala for Latanya. And I was the aunt that spoiled him. Like, oh my God, like he had... <laughs> He never had a shortage of anything. And I actually bought him his first toy guitar. So, of course, it's like such a beautiful thing to to see that he actually is a musician now. But mm-hmm. I, um, when I realized, you know, that there were so many disparities and, you know, inequities that exist in this cancer community, um, when I was literally sitting in the chemo chair, and, you know, being um, selected to be, you know, patient advocates in some really um, amazing organizations, you know, I was looking at cancer not only as a patient and, you know, having been a caregiver, but I was also looking at it from the eyes of a marketing person. And for me, I, was, I knew that very similar to what I've always done in my career, I've always been a change driver. You know, if something had been done before, I was going to do it with a twist, whether I was, you know marketing um, Hennessy or if it was Dom or Clico or what have you. And I knew that I, I needed to meet people where they are, especially in, you know, the African-American community and other underserved communities, because the reality is, yeah, it's fine. And as you know, we're going to be bombarded in a few days with lots of pink um, next month in October. And I knew that at the end of the day, if you're not meeting people where they are in the, at the grassroots level, whether that's in churches, track meets, fashion shows, dinner parties, then, you know, you're really, you're doing work, but, you know, it's not going to have the same impact. And I know that firsthand coming from a community where the topic of cancer, you know, most people don't want to talk about it or deal with it until it's staring them in their face. And a lot of times, you know, if you're diagnosed with a later stage cancer, you know the stats. I don't have to share them. You know, your chances for survivor are more. So I knew that I wanted to create a brand that would allow me to use my marketing expertise, my love of, you know, all things lifestyle, fashion, food, you know, things that just come natural to me. Um, and do that in a way where I would be able to be in the heart of communities, serving people and serving women and men who may or may not get a cancer diagnosis, but also just encouraging any person, any human that's breathing to like be their own advocate for their health. Um, Because, you know, I can only use my oncologist as an example. I have the best one in my mind, one of the best oncology teams and they are always swamped. You know, there's like, I'm like, I always ask her like, Doc, when do you get a break? Like, how do you do this? And so if you don't have someone, if you don't have a great oncology team or what have you, like, are you really getting the same quality of care that 
perhaps you got April or I got or someone who really knows. So I decided that I wanted to create this brand that would allow me to to service the community, but also because I'm a marketing person, but to also to service entrepreneurs and to champion these amazing, um, dope entrepreneurs who created these brands that were inspired by their cancer journey or caregiving someone that had been diagnosed. And so that's how I came up with the Breast Talk Ever. And the, you know, the, um, the uh, overarching company is called Caution. Cause meets fashion. You know, everything I do, of course, has a fashion spin on it. And um, that's what I've been working on. Of course, the pandemic put a <laughs> put a, a big uh, monkey wrench in my plan, but I have been head down and I'm super excited about all the stuff that's, you know, been in the works. And um, you're going to be super excited to see some of the things that are going to come to light real soon, um, April. So, yes, um, it's it's honestly, you know, I've had an amazing corporate career, but this for sure is, you know, my favorite brand management role ever. Uh. I'm so excited about this. So tell us, this is actually a great segue, everything you're saying, but tell us where we can follow along with you and learn more as things develop. So you're the first to hear this part. So <laughs> I um, <laughs> had a whole podcast production team. Um, and as you know, I was, I'm actually a, a super proud NPR, How I Built This Fellow, inaugural 2018 fellow. I was selected for my podcast, The Breast Talk Ever, which profiles survivors who created products or services as a result of their diagnosis. And when I, my strategy for launching everything was in 2020, um, and the pandemic happened, and I never intended to actually produce it myself because, you know, I had done, you know, just like you have this amazing podcast and you know the work that goes into it. And I really wanted a, a super highly produced narrative podcast the pandemic happened and I actually had to do everything myself with the with the help of an amazing audio engineer and um, a musician who actually is Jaden's music mentor and we delivered the first season but you know it's honestly been under the radar and so what I decided because I actually um, by the way April your episode I can't wait till it's released um uh, yay. Season two, I had like I had like 17 episodes in the can. But when I realized after talking with some of my my marketing friends, it was like re-release episode season one. And so I'm re-releasing season one and now I will be able to be the marketer and I'll be able to do everything I would have done had I not had to be like putting 80 hours into each episode. So I'm re-releasing season one. With all the bells and whistles, and um, I have lots of other exciting stuff coming up. But to answer your question, um, you can listen on Apple, Spotify, wherever you like to listen to your podcast. But also, my website is the Breast Talk Ever, and what accompanies every episode is a editorial fashion shoot. So I'm actually going to be back on the road getting those back kicked off, and I've got a fly to California for yours, April. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's where you can find um, The Breast Talk Ever at thebreasttalkever.com. And, of course, anywhere you listen to your podcast. Perfect. We will definitely be linking to you. And, um, Jaden, is there – do you have socials? Do you want people to follow you? And if so, where can we find you? Sure. I have a, well, I have an Instagram, really. Um, it's mask underscore of Lewis. 
And then <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Mask of and then there's a second one as well, um, which is Goodbye Disaster Piece, just named after my favorite Slipknot song for anyone who's listening. If you're into Slipknot, they're amazing. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Okay, we're gonna link to all those things. Well, thank you both so much for being on with me today. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. This has been awesome. Absolutely. So today's writers and guests were Latanya Davis and Jaden Holmes. Their piece was published in the Cancer Culture issue from February, March, 2022. You can find it there and see some pictures of them as well. Well, thank you so much. I'm April Stearns, and you've been listening to The Burn. The Burn is a production of Wildfire Magazine, where we share breast cancer stories from young women like you've never read or heard before. We also strive to inspire you to write your story like you've never written it before. Stay to the end for a writing prompt inspired by today's episode. Our producer is Bill Smith of Shoe Production, and our production assistant is Monica Haro. Want more on the life-changing transformation to be had from telling your breast cancer stories? Visit wildfirecommunity.org to find a copy of the issue shared in today's episode, to find our now 38 issues in the Wildfire Archives, and to take a writing workshop with me. There is no place on the planet like a wildfire writing workshop, and I want you to experience it for yourself. Discover how to write your way back to yourself, write your way to reclaiming your body and your story. And don't forget to subscribe to The Burn and listen to it wherever you go. If you like what you hear, leave us a starred review to help others find their way to writing the stories that need to be told. Finally, here is your writing prompt. Set your timer for eight minutes and write without stopping or editing. The prompt is, the story that is bursting out of me is. The story that is bursting out of me is. Write for eight minutes, write without stopping, see what needs to come out and where it will take you. And a quick reminder, if you want more prompts for me, I've created our very first printable, downloadable journal inspired by all of the episodes in this podcast over the last year. I pulled out my favorite prompts and put them in a journal for you. You can get that at wildfirecommunity.org. Happy writing. Thanks for listening. Until next time, take good care.